You're listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own 5 tents, 7 backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Saran Alfines, is, There is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Um, today, there's the three of us, Chase, Brandon, and myself, Greg. Yep. <laughs> and we're uh, and today, we're going to talk a little bit about cook systems. So, on our last episode, we talked about um, backpacking food, how to keep your food fresh, what type of food to take, those types of things. And today, we were... We're going to talk about um, stoves, cook systems, um, how to prepare your food in the backcountry. So years ago, back when I first started backpacking. Years ago. Years ago. I mean, back when. Back in my day. <laughs> I mean, that was at least. Greg's not that old. I'm really so. not that old. I'm 30, 30. How old am I? I don't know, but you're not that old. I don't even know. I was born in 86. 32? 33? I'll be. I think I'm turning 33 this year. I usually have to ask. I'm glad my, you don't know. I usually ask my wife. <laughs> my wife usually knows, and I know that my wife is two years younger than me. So when she knows how old I am, I know how old she is. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So back when I was young, and I started started backpacking back when I was like eight with my dad and brother. Um, we cooking was a little bit different back then. So there was there was freeze dried food, but we went the cheaper route. Like we, we went to the grocery store and tried to find cheaper food to, and there was to like, take and stuff. Uh, ga- little gas stoves back then. Yeah. To heat your water. Yeah. So yeah, we, I mean, I think my dad had a Coleman peak one, uh, stove that was a white gas stove, but it was all kind of compact fit together and it was a cool stove. Um, but we would use like, we'd go get like, uh, trying to think different soups or or rice dishes or something but it wasn't like the just add water stuff usually you had to actually take some time to to prepare yeah you had to cook put it on simmer right (laughs) but now and so back then when i was like looking for my first backpacking stove i cared a little bit more that a stove simmered and some of those types of things now i just pretty much which stove boils water the fastest and uses the least amount of fuel. Okay, so do you do you two ever cook in um, the backcountry? When I'm car camping, yes. Yeah, backcountry so, rarely. So, what stove do you use to for that? And which stoves do we sell that would be <coughs> useful for if you want it? Because because you're right, most of the t- most of the stoves they make now is in so- some are just water only. Like right. You can like only boil water in this. They're efficient. They're fast, but there are but but some you know some are meant you can just cook on. Cook Can't whatever. cook your fresh fish you just caught. No. Yeah. So my favorite stove, which is a water only stove, is the MSR reactor, 
it's been my favorite stove for like the last i don't know how long it's been out 15 years something like that i got one when it first came out the first year it came out i still have that original stove it's still my favorite stove of all of them i actually have a second reactor i'm pretty sure just just in case backup reactor <laughs> yeah just in yeah. case like this one breaks and they don't sell it anymore so i don't know but it's been the best stove that i've ever owned and i love it it's the most fuel efficient boils the fastest works in nasty conditions even in the cold all that stuff so it's my favorite stove for sure um but it is so hot that even when it's turned down as low as it'll go you can't simmer on it it'll just burn up whatever food you're cooking and it's not like small you know no, like it's not the most compared to like a pocket rocket or something it's a but it's so much more efficient right mm -hmm. yeah so i have a i have like a real lightweight pocket rocket type stove that i have for like overnighters or multiple a few two or three days when i'm by myself or whatever because i know i'm going to save more weight by taking that small stove and a light titanium bowl or pot or something like that um over fuel if i'm just cooking to for myself but if i'm taking my family i'm cooking for a lot of people i'm going to save more fuel over time with the reactor and it boils so much faster and it's just convenient and, and stuff so that's what i use for like week-long trips or longer or five or six day trips when i'm taking my family with me and then shorter trips i might take the others um, the other stoves though like the canister stoves not including the reactor they suck in the cold they're like worthless in the cold like like jet boil or yeah jet boils jet boils not good in the cold no not really i don't know I, I have the i have the reactor i don't have a jet boil but uh i didn't know that yeah so the reactor like is how cold so anything below about uh below about freezing uh, especially like when you get below 20 degrees it's a waste. So I was uh, I was on this trip. Um, there goes there goes our sponsorship <laughs> from Jet Boil. Um, well, I guess we can edit that now. No, not really. I'm, kid um, so, I'm kidding, but I'm not because we sell it. So it, right. and it sells pretty good. Oh, Jet Boils are yeah. great for their intended use. Yeah. They're just not a cold weather stove. So they have some with a regulator in them, and they've done some things to try to make them better in the cold, but they're still not good. Um, so I was on this backcountry skiing trip one year um i was this was 13 14 years ago probably and i took a jet boil with me because i knew it wasn't that good in the cold but i thought it's good enough and so we hike into we, we ski back in to an area near king's peak in the uenas and it's like zero degrees out we get into into camp we had been hiking all day long started hiking at like five in the morning it's now almost midnight just been hiking all day long and I am starving and I'm exhausted and I'm gonna be cold. We get into, into camp, I set up my tent, pull out my warm my warm jacket and pull out my stove and I'm just, I can't wait to eat something warm. It took me two hours to melt snow and bring it to a boil or get it hot enough to warm up some freeze dried food. Just enough for one freeze dried meal and a cup of hot chocolate two hours whoa on a jet wow. you, you didn't have drinking water left or whatever you, you were just you were melting snow i was melting snow yeah. so yeah i don't remember if i had drinking water left or whatever but yeah i was melting snow and what i'd have to do is i had two canisters and i 
when the can when one canister would get really really cold to the point where it just was like the stove was barely putting out any sort of heat i'd have to unscrew that stick it in my jacket to warm it back up pull the warm one out of my jacket screw it on the stove and turn it on and then i would get some it would really start pumping out the heat and then like three or four minutes later i'd have to swap them again like i couldn't keep it going because it just just wouldn't work there is a trick now um, that i now know that i didn't know then if you get a bowl you put the canister in the bowl and you pour a little bit of water in the bowl that water on the canister will help keep that canister from from freezing too quickly it'll help it be more efficient but you have to keep adding water because eventually that water will freeze you got to find a bowl more yeah (laughs) had to um but anyway yeah so two two hours after that i swore i would never use a jet boil again during the winter and i have lived up to that promise (laughs) um well that's not true i've used other people's jet boil but i've never brought one myself the reactor on the other hand the reactor even though it's not quite as good in the like bitter cold as it is in the warm it's still good and it still works well so that's my my stove of choice yeah i think my one of my favorites is the wind burner the msr wind yeah, burner that one's good too um pretty efficient a little more compact than the reactor the burner's not quite as big so not quite as efficient um it burn it puts out about half the heat of the reactor but it is those both of those are so good at trapping the heat and using all that heat getting all that heat into the pot that the wind burners even though it's half the heat it still boils water in like two and a half minutes yeah super fast and it's still pretty good in the cold surprisingly yeah that's probably one of my favorites what i'm using right now don't don't get mad at me greg i'm i'm using the jet boil the minimo Uh um it's been a great system so far i've been using it for the last year or so i haven't used it in in too many cold situations it does have a regulator on there um that i think is probably a little bit better than they were 14 years ago but i still i I still don't think it's as good as the uh the wind burner but it it can simmer which is an advantage over the the wind burner so um if you do want to cook chili the wind burner simmers or the the reactor the reactor doesn't reactor's too hot wind burner simmers quite well what's brian using uh, Brian's using, I think he uses a pocket rocket, um, super lightweight. Um, but he cooks like soups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and you can yeah. you can simmer with the, yeah. the pocket rocket for sure. So that's what I'm using right now. I like it. It's I mean, just to be clear, purpose. I've got nothing against Jetboil. I I love Jetboil <laughs> products. In fact, I've got a I use a Jetboil um, car camping stove, the Genesis. Have yeah, you seen that? Yeah, the two burner stove. Sweet. That thing's sweet. I I really like Jetboil stuff. I just don't like it for winter use. Called, I think I, I think my first stove was the Pocket Rocket, and I thought I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it was a great stove. It still is a great stove. I and, mean, yeah. And when I bumped up to the reactor, I was like, "Whoa, this this is really nice." Um, it's kind of like the whole system of the reactor. It's just it's just easier. Yeah. Than, but the if you really need to lose the weight, the pocket rocket or is there a smaller one than that? There's like a there's micro, I mean, rocket. micro rocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they work. They work great. I'm mm-hmm. amazed. Yeah. I've had a Primus um, mini canister stove, kind of similar to the pocket rocket back in the day. I've had a Snow Peak one that was what's that Japanese brand? Soto. Soto. Yeah, Soto's good. Snow Peak's another Japanese brand that's really good. 
Um, there's a lot of those that titanium ones, even, you know, Liberty Mountain, who's a distributor, it's a local distributor here out of Utah, but um, they have some of their own brands, some of their own products. And one of their products, they make a few stoves, some really lightweight titanium stoves that are even pretty good, that are pretty inexpensive. What's that brand? Yeah, Ollie Camp. Ollie Camp, yeah, that's I've right. I've got a stove from them that uh, honestly is just about as efficient and quick as my jet boil is. Yeah. Um, the, the burner itself is bigger than the jet boil, about half the price lighter weight it's it's a great way to go i if i'm going with groups um i'll take the jet boil for sure but again if lighter weight trying to go quicker ollie camp what's the um is there you know the failure rate um or is there any with stoves these days so uh and what i'm thinking of is uh i know there's a (laughs) there's a failure rate with uh uh, what do you call it? Um, User error. Well, there's that, there's that for sure. But, um, you know, you want it to work. And so if like only one person in your party brings a stove, yeah, you know, you know, what's the failure? Because uh, uh, water, I'm thinking of water filters. I've had multiple water filters fail in the backcountry. So right. our stoves are going to be okay. If you're like, you know what, there's a group of three or four of us. We're bringing one stove. Or do you typically have at least two stoves? Like, how do you do that? Uh, I typically take one stove for every two people. Yeah, so that's just how I usually cook. Yeah. But yeah, and for us it depends. Usually, if I'm in a group, we have a second stove just for convenience mm-hmm. and as a backup. I usually bring lightweight fire starter, so if my stove fails, I can light a fire if I need to. But if I'm, it's just like, like me and gasoline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bring a gallon of gas. I just bring It'll a gallon. Good. Yeah. Well, I usually don't. A gallon's heavy, so I usually bring just like a half gallon of gas. <laughs> um, Ultra light. Yeah, I'm kind of that way. Um, yeah, I cut off the tags off of all my clothes and I only bring a half gallon of, <laughs> of gas. gas. I feel you, yeah. So um, so I, I usually bring a stove for me and my group and then some fire starter to light a fire if I need to, if it fails. I've never had a stove failure. That's not to say, at least not since I stopped using white gas stoves. Um, and white gas stoves, I knew how to fix them back in the day if they if there was ever like a jet um that got clogged or something like that i had the stuff to fix them but <clears throat> i haven't used white gas stoves in and why would you use a white a gas is that uh an elevation thing um elevation cold weather with a white gas stove you've got that the fuel bottle separate with a pump in it so you can pressurize the fuel bottle on its own whereas like with a canister stove you, the pressure that you have is what you have And if you are in the cold, the pressure in the canister will go way down as it gets colder. And then your stove just isn't going to pump out the heat Mm. as much. You can get a remote canister stove, which allows you to flip the canister upside down if it's cold. And then it works like a liquid fuel stove. And so that'll actually work in the cold quite well. Um, I, I really like the remote canister stoves for that reason. You can use them in four seasons. Um, when you're in that liquid fuel, uh, when you've got the canister upside down, it goes through the fuel much quicker than when it's right side up. But in the winter, you know, you just need. So what what temperatures? It's like below freezing? Below, yeah, yeah below you want to switch. freezing probably. But maybe maybe re- below twenty degrees. But your but a reactor will still work below twenty degrees. Yeah, yeah, reactor's still my favorite for sure. I will. Um, so going back to that jet boil story, two hours to cook a, uh, 
a mountain house plus some hot chocolate. With the reactor on a similar trip, 15 minutes to do the same thing. Two hours versus 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's when you I was just, that's, that's when I said, I'll, I'll just right never there. use anything else. Um, but white gas stoves, you'll get similar type of performance out of a white gas stove. It's just more fidgeting and more, a um, little bit more work. You got to practice uh, lighting it and priming it properly and stuff so that you don't blow up your tent or melt your tent or whatever else. But um, <laughs> that would be bad. But yeah, so yeah. white gas stoves are great, but they're they're useful only in certain. Uh, well, they are better than canister stoves, but only in certain situations. Um, I can tell you what not to do. Yeah. Um, and now I'm trying to think of how, how we did that. that. I took some sort of, uh, you know those candles that you can burn? They're, um, they're made out of some sort of, it's like an emergency candle almost. Yeah. Um, and we had, we, we cooked, it was car camping. Oh, was it like sterno type it's stuff? Like a sterno. Or like the alcohol tablets or something? Yeah, and we, we put like steaks in some in some Steaks. yeah in some well we were car gambling it, it's tinfoil and we cooked them and one bite of the steak and all you could taste was the sterno it was yeah. disgusting <laughs> and we just ruined these steaks i'm like what the crap so if you need to make a fire or you want to cook over the don't use fake fire like a sterno yeah uh, that was the why do we do these dumb things? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't even know why we did it, but we did it because we thought it would be faster or something. I'm not sure. And it was, it ruined our meal. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. So there's, there are a few other stoves out that I really like that I use on occasion, but only in specific cases. Again, white gas stove is something that I might use on like a, if I'm going on like a long expedition and I know that conditions are going to be just <laughs> you're gonna haul that in the back country. Awful, yeah. Dutch oven. <laughs> Dutch oven. Dutch oven in the back country. Yeah. But um, alcohol stoves are some mm. that I like. I've got an alcohol stove that just weighs an, an ounce or so. And for ultra, ultra light stuff in fair conditions, alcohol stoves are great. They do take, take a little bit of practice getting used to them, learning how much alcohol you need to boil water and stuff. But they're they're probably the lightest option out um, are very one of the very lightest. You can also get the Esbit stoves that you, you can buy a stove with like the Esbit alcohol tabs for five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. And those are ridiculously light. One alcohol tablet will boil a, usually a, two cups of water or something like that. So if you're solo and you're just trying to go ultra light, that's a way to do it. Um, but honestly, canister stoves are so convenient and they're fairly inexpensive i mean the cheapest ones out are 20 bucks they're Um, not heavy they're not heavy they're super light they're really compact they're just convenient they work in almost all conditions um if it's really windy you need to have a wind some way to block the wind otherwise you don't get enough heat into the pot to actually boil the water with a canister stove um unless you have the wind burner that one's windproof Mm-hmm. The reactor's windproof. So <clears throat> those are kind of cool in that way. Um, but alcohol stoves for ultralight stuff, uh, white gas stoves for expedition type stuff, and really nasty weather. Remote canister stoves for if you want one that's pretty light and and useful for, for all seasons. And then um, just your traditional canister stove for just general backpacking. Those are my... Jet boils are awesome. The um, 
um, the reactor, the wind bur- burner, boiler, bin- wind burner. Yeah. It was the wind boiler, and then Jetboil, I think, tried to sue him. And uh, because the, the name the boil. wind boiler was oh. too close, and so they changed it to wind burner. It doesn't actually boil, it just burns. Yeah, so it burns the wind. <laughs> um, anyway, so those are all good. It's like so, that you can capture the wind yeah. and then try and burn it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I think they patented that technology, actually. <laughs> good luck. Um, but then one thing that Jetboil did that was kind that now everybody's doing is they've you know on the jet boil pots they have what they call the flux ring which is similar technology to the flux capacitor mm-hmm. and um it takes you back in time it, it does mm-hmm. yeah um but like now a lot of going we don't need trails right like, yeah other <laughs> other uh, stoves <laughs> we'll just call it like a uh heat sink or heat coil or whatever but they it's a flux ring for jet boil so a lot of Sounds companies cooler. are doing that now and that's actually those pots with the little little uh, heat transfer things on the bottom of them are actually noticeably more efficient mm. so for people who are looking for a new new stove new pot combo whatever i would look for something similar to that I'm, obviously i'm looking for a new pot combo a pot For combo. Sure. Yeah. What, uh, just, you know, don't do that stuff. What, how do you know when your fuel is like, how, I can't tell you how many half full cans of fuel I have at my house. Like, what is the, like, what's the best? There's no, there's no stoves that tell you, or there's no fuel that tells you like, oh, you know what? You're good for this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a company. Is there a hack or something? Yeah. Kind like of. Weigh it kind and, of. Yeah. So, so there was a company that came out with a little uh, adapter um, that you could actually, they had a stove that Covea was the company. They're a Korean brand that was, it was kind of cool. They had this stove that looked like a canister stove. It was about the size of a canister stove or whatever with the canister on there. But this canister was just built in and you could refill it with other canisters. So the idea was that you take your mostly empty canisters mm. and you you fill up the... That's brilliant, thing. yeah. It was kind what of a cool thing. What happened to that? Uh, I think it's still around, well. but um, you know, that was probably two years ago, three years ago that I was talking to them and they were showing me that. I thought it was cool, but it's a lot of work just to solve a a small problem what i do is i take all of my mostly used ones and i those become my car camping canisters and if i'm going on a car camping trip i throw five mostly empty canisters in and use most of them up on that trip and and then i put the new ones or maybe half full ones in my backpacking you, you can't really refill them right like no no not really okay yeah so and then if it's really really low and i want to throw them away but i know there's a little bit in there we just have like a little camp out in my backyard with the kids until they're empty. And and if you're flying to your destination, you can't take them in the airplane either. Right. Correct. You got to buy them when you land. Right. Keep that in mind. But most places have those now. They're easy to easy to get now. Yeah. I went to New Zealand and obviously in New Zealand they had plenty of them. But I've heard Europe's no problem. Even South America's no problem finding those. So, um yeah, but that's, I guess, the other reason for, like, a multi-fuel stove or a liquid fuel stove would be if you're going somewhere, the Himalayas or somewhere out there where they just don't have those canisters. Yeah. If you've got a multi-fuel stove, you can run it off of diesel or gasoline or kerosene even. Um, 
for some of them. And so yeah. that is an advantage, I guess. So any, uh, any other things you guys want to add um, as far as cook systems? No, because we're talking backpacking and not uh, car camping necessarily because yeah. that's a whole other category. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There's so many different systems out there. Pick what works for you. It's kind of our... Uh, yeah. I mean, we've... In our store, we've got access to probably 50 different stoves if we want them. And we've chosen a specific like 10 or so that we carry. Mm-hmm. Um, the reactor, the wind burner boiler burner wind burner (laughs) um we have some what are some of the other stoves that you've chosen to carry here um from jetboy we have the flash the micro mo the mini mo um ollie camp we've got a whole spread from them um we carry optimus as well yeah actually the optimus stoves i really like they're they're overbuilt compared to some of the other brands but i've never had an opt like those optimus stoves they are really well built they're really Mm -hmm. well made and um i had an optimus stove called the vega which was a remote canister stove i still have it um i still own it to today (laughs) anyway this vega remote canister stove they were showing me um because msr makes remote canister stove too which is um called the win pro WinPro, I think is what it's called. Anyway, comparing the two, similar weight, similar performance and everything like that, but they were showing me on the Primus stuff that how overbuilt it was. It's designed to like support 300 pounds on the the actual stands or whatever. And the other stoves, comparable stoves would just get crushed. And obviously you don't need something that supports 300 pounds, but their point was, we've designed these we've overbuilt these so that they'll last forever and you shouldn't have any problems and i've had a bunch of optimus stuff over the years and that's been my experience with them really well made really well built so i do like optimus a lot for yeah that reason. I, same i really like optimus they make great stuff with that said though jet boil they they work great in in uh three season conditions and mm-hmm. some of theirs even work I mean, better than they used to anyway in four season conditions. and Yeah. Um, but we've chosen those particular brands for specific reasons because um, we've got great customer service. They make great products. They're they're well-made and well-designed. There's 50, 50 plus options out there. Um, take a look at gear30.com and hey. see what, what ones we offer. Real quick, um, when we're on the topic of stoves, um, regulators... I know when I was getting into backpacking, I would see that and I was like, what the crap does that mean? Why is this one 30 bucks more? Sure. Can you expound upon that? Yeah. So a regulator is just a limiter that that only allows a certain amount of fuel through. Um, so when you get, for example, a lot of stoves, um, canister stoves in particular, they would perform differently at altitude and in colder weather and stuff like that. And a regulator is just tries to um, allow fuel through the stove at a more even rate. So you get similar performance at higher altitudes as you would at lower altitudes and and in, in warmer weather or cold weather as you would in warmer weather. A regulator doesn't fix the cold weather performance issue. Um, so for example, there's a regulator on the reactor. It only allows um, 
13 PSI worth, of, I think it's 13 PSI worth of fuel through at any given time. Canister, a full canister is like 50 PSI or something. I, I'm i throwing numbers out there that I think I remember from <laughs> years ago. I, these, could, these numbers could be a little off, but I'm pretty sure a full canister is like 50 PSI. In order for a reactor to start losing performance, the canister pressure has to get below 13 PSI. So that's like a mostly empty canister before the reactor even starts to slow down or a very, very cold canister before. But what you'll find with non-regulator stoves is you'll get the best performance when the canister's full and then it'll start going down from there. So these stoves with regulators, you'll get more level performance all the way through until the until the pressure in your canister gets below a certain point. Cool. I, I like to just yell regulators in the backcountry because that's what Billy the Kid and his crew used to yell before they go shoot up the place. So whenever you say regulators, oh, I know regulators. Yeah, that's no, that's that's a good explanation. Fuel efficiency as well as consistent burn capabilities from start of canister to end of canister. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering if it's worth the money, I think it's definitely worth. Um, the money because it makes your stove a little more versatile and more efficient. Yeah, and and regulators are such a common thing now on a stove that you know one stove without a regulator maybe forty bucks, and the same stove with one maybe like fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and you'll save that ten bucks in fuel and performance and stuff over the course of a year or two easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if weight's not your fourth, the the first thought then it's definitely a yeah good route to go yeah definitely um yeah so let's see is that is that good is, i'm good. trying to think is there yeah. if there's anything else that other people would be wondering about stoves um no i think we covered it all that's, that's, that's probably you need it. to know about stoves ever <laughs> for those people who are like gourmet cooks in the backcountry finding a stove that's going to simmer well that has a wider flame pattern that sort of thing is important and the um you know if you look at different stoves like the pocket rocket has a pretty narrow flame pattern it's just meant to pump heat into a pot in a in a real concentrated thing for boiling water whereas there's other stoves that have a wider flame pattern that are better for cooking evenly on a pot um, simmering that sort of thing without scorching your food so that's another thing to look at if depending on what type of cooking you like to do i'm mostly a freeze-dried person these days and i think most people that come into the shop are just taking freeze-dried food as well so that sort of um heating pattern doesn't really matter quite so much but take that into account if you do like to do a little bit of gourmet backcountry stuff take a look at the flame pattern as well so cool all right Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Gear 30 podcast as we talk about backpacking stoves and cook sets and cook kits, whatever you call that. Um, If you would like to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram handle is at gear underscore three zero. And you can go to gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. And you can check out our blog as well as all the different gear that we sell here at the store in Ogden, Utah. And you can find us on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you have any questions, feel free to send those our way and we'll be happy to answer those on future podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you on the next episode. We'll see you out there. Thanks for joining us today for the Gear 30 Podcast. 
Gear 30 is a specialty outdoor retail store at the foot of the Wasatch Mountains in Ogden, Utah. Like us on Facebook, follow and interact with us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and visit our website gear30.com for amazing deals on the best outdoor gear around. That's gear30 spelled out g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, comment, ask questions, and participate.